Friends, we come together in this act of worship now as I'm going to share the word of God with you today. Um, the theme for today is Turning the Tables, which is coming from the event in which Jesus cleansed the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, the cleansing of the temple is actually recorded by all in actual fact, it is recorded by all gospel writers where Matthew, Mark, and Luke place this event towards the end of Jesus' ministry, actually after the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And uh, John, uh, the gospel writer, places the event at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, sometime after the first miracle of Jesus at Cana, you remember where he turns water into wine. So this is um, the message that uh, I'm going to share with you today, my friends, about turning the tables. So this um, occasion, the center of this occasion is all at the temple in Jerusalem. We need to realize and acknowledge that the temple that is mentioned here in John chapter 2, as we read, is not the first temple that we know from the Old Testament, which was built by King Solomon. You remember when King Solomon built that great temple for God. Uh, that's not the temple we are talking about today. Neither is it um, the second temple, which was rebuilt by the Jews as they returned from the Babylonian captivity. It is not that temple. Rather, this temple um, in our text today is the third temple, um, sometimes referred to as Herod's temple because it was built by Herod around 19 BC. So that's the background to this temple. Jesus has got some connections to this temple earlier before the event of uh, we, we, we read today. During his early infants, we remember that Jesus is taken by his parents to the temple for this uh, ritual called the purification. And um, in the temple, we observe and we read about um, a Simeon and Anna who lived in that temple. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him as the promised Messiah. That's the first encounter we read about Jesus, you know, in, in, in the temple. And at some later point, when Jesus was aged 12, we also read that he accompanied his parents um, to Jerusalem, to this temple, and there he absolutely, absolutely amazed the, his parents and many other people were around. So that's Jesus' encounter with the temple. We may want to also maybe um, try and understand Jesus' own view, his attitude or his um, mindset about the temple. The things that we need to highlight, Jesus' mindset about the temple, where Jesus had so much respect, you know, for the temple. So when we're talking about this temple in Jerusalem, it's something that Jesus had zeal for. He had so much zeal for that temple. 
we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, that event when um, he had stayed behind. You know, his parents going back home to Nazareth. And Jesus had stayed back. And then uh, later to be found in the temple, his reply to his parents, Jesus says, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So for Jesus, being in the temple, for him it meant someone being at home. So Jesus viewed and understood the temple as his father's house, according to Luke. We also note that for Jesus, the temple was a very holy place, so much holy, a place of worship where he taught on several occasions in the temple. So for him, he understood this place to be sanctified by God, so much that he had reverence for this temple, as we acknowledge that he had, uh, you know, teachings and, you know, uh, preaching in that temple as well. So that's how Jesus is connected um, and how much he views the temple in Jerusalem. But when we read in John chapter 2, our text today, the picture or the scenario in this temple, according to the account, it doesn't give the picture of the temple that Jesus used to or Jesus had experienced in his previous years. Earlier, especially when he was 12, where he says he was in his father's house. The situation and the, 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 the scenario is completely different. It is changed. And thus, Jesus is really disappointed. Jesus is angry of what he is seeing happening around the temple, where he respects as his father's house, a temple where he reveres as a place of worship. Today, what he finds, what he sees, is completely different. To his dismay, he finds vendors, people who are busy. Actually, the text tells us that there were people who had set up their market stalls. Animals were on sale. By animals, we think of, you know, we think of sheep, we think of, of, of cattle, we think of doves. Everything was there. So we see people who were busy selling animals. We also find that there were, you know, money changers who had their temple, who had their tables spread all over, all around, where they had to change, you know, um, currents into the coinage that was required in the temple. So this is the picture that Jesus sees as he approaches this temple. For me, I just say to this, uh, wasn't this a scandal in the temple? I'm really dismayed that wasn't this a scandal in the temple? I'm, I'm calling it a scandal where because some New Testament scholars think that the temple priests were involved in all this um, happenings where the temple priests would have organized would have actually maybe connived with these vendors having permitted them to use the space of the outer court of the temple to bring their animals and to lay tables 
to, to, to actually convert this as a marketplace. All this did not go well with Jesus. He was indeed angry because of this. Actually, one gospel writer asks the question, as he quotes from the Old Testament, isn't this supposed to be a house of worship and you have turned it into a den of robbers? Of course, my friends, this does not go well with Jesus Christ. The context to all this is because of the Passover feast. Because it was time for the Passover feast. So many people, pilgrims had come to Jerusalem, coming for worship. And all these people, some who were traveling from very far away distances, it was going to be too laborious for them to be carrying or maybe bringing animals of, for sacrifice to Jerusalem. So for them to, for, 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 for them to, for it to be easier for them, they would just travel, but then hoping to buy the animals when they get to Jerusalem. So this is the context. So where maybe the temple uh, priest would have then organized with these vendors to provide them with space to sell the animals and also for the money changers to change the currents, whatever currents of these people coming, traveling from all different you know, parts of the world. As we know, the Jews and the proselytes, those who had converted to Judaism, they would come to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. So this is what is happening. Because in the temple, they were expected to pay the shekel, half a shekel for the temple tax. Because in the temple, they would not use their own currencies. It was really a taboo for them to do so. So they had to change, to convert their currency into the coinage expected or required in the temple. So this is what is going on um, in the outer court of the temple the selling, the money changing, and all that. If you'd like, the bleating and the mowing of, you know, of, of cattle and, and, and cows. All that was happening in the temple. And Jesus views this as not right. He looks at this and he says, this is not right. So hence, the title of this message today, Turning the Tables. So when we're looking at turning the tables, obviously Jesus is looking at something that is not right. Some people might then ask the question, why is he turning the tables? What has gone wrong with Jesus? Has he gone mad? What has gone wrong? No, nothing has gone wrong. Only that the situation in the temple has been abused. The temple is being abused. So hence Jesus says to come in by force to turn around the tables. To try and restore the order in the temple. So when he does this, Jesus is rebelling against the abusive practices at the temple courts. He was in protest of the commercialization of the temple. He was challenging corrupt practices that were happening in the temple. I don't know what you make of this. For me, the image of the tables, of the money changers, it gives me the image 
where in our own time, in our own day, friends, friends let's look around. In our own societies, in the world, let's, let us look around. I'm looking about thinking about the image of the tables, of the money changers. Today, are we not seeing tables that are displaying some actions, some acts of heart hatred, some acts of injustice and discrimination? I just want to probe us, to provoke us, to say, let us look around in our society and in the world. Are we not seeing tables that display acts of modern slavery? Tables that display acts of terrorism? Are we not seeing tables that display acts of human injustice and, and dignity? This is a wake-up call for us. Because when I think and reflect on this image of the tables and the money changers, I am saying today we still have tables that are displaying things and displaying issues that are really outside what the gospel expects of us. And what do we do in the face of these tables? Do we turn a blind eye? Do we keep quiet? I quote from Bonhoeffer, one of the Protestant theologians, who says, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless, for not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Today, as we read and see Jesus turning the tables, we as believers, we as Christians, we should allow Christ to overturn the tables that display pride and selfishness in our own hearts. Let us allow Jesus Christ to turn the tables that display the non-caring attitude for others in our hearts. I'm looking at the image of the tables and the money changers. There are so many tables that we see in our own lives. And therefore we are called to overturn the tables of all forms of injustices in our societies and in the world. As we pray in the prayer of Francis Drake, who says, Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. Because I believe that sometimes we are too complacent to just look at things and keep quiet when we need to be, to be, to be instruments, to be advocates of change in terms of positive change. Friends, I want to conclude where I draw our attention to the confrontation. Because when Jesus, you know, overturned these tables because of his protest against what was not right in the temple, this provoked the anger of the religious leaders. They were so angry to the point that they asked Jesus to validate his authority. In other words, they're asking him, who are you to challenge what is going on here? What authority do you have to challenge this, this situation? What, what credentials do you have? But let me say, they do not realize that Jesus, his understanding, he says, this is my father's house. So that's the authority Jesus has because he was in his father's house. 
he actually responds to them as he says. Friends, this temple that you see, as much as you revere it as a physical structure, he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. And unfortunately and very sadly, they did not understand what he was referring to, of which he was referring to his own death, his crucifixion, and later to his resurrection. Because Jesus Christ, he is actually the temple of God. He himself is the temple of God. The temple that is not built with hands. The temple that even when it is broken, at his crucifixion, at his death, he dies and after three days he comes back to life. That's the temple he was referring to. May we hold our faith in Christ as we hope to be raised up with him at the end of life. And let us be prepared to overturn the tables that display any forms of injustice in our societies and in the world. Amen.